0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to our show where we talk about TV shows with our friends. I'm talking about Dairy Girls with my friend Steve here. And as you may or may not know, if you've been listening along, today is very exciting. We're talking about the season one finale of Dairy Girls. Steve, take it away.
1: The season one finale of Dairy Girls. This was my very first show here on shows with friends that I got to choose and share with my good friend Eli. And it's been really fun sharing this show with Eli. And today we're wrapping up. And it went quick because this first season is pretty short. It's just six 25-minute episodes. Uh, They leave you wanting more. And there is a second season of Dairy Girls. Hopefully there's going to be a third eventually. But I don't know. We'll see how Eli feels at the end of it. Maybe this is something we can revisit. Maybe we can do Dairy Girls season two a little later down the road after we get through a few other shows on our lists. But before we do anything else, I just want to ask Eli, I really like the finale of Dairy Girls, and I just wanted to ask you what you thought of it.
0: Steve, I thought this was really, really strong. Really great episode. I feel like this episode and kind of unique in the first season, this episode kind of touches them all to borrow Mm. an expression from somewhere else. It's, yeah, really hits on a lot of points from earlier episodes and uh, really left me feeling great and uh, excited for the gang and the family. And it's, Awesome, the way that it starts with the most mundane of things as well. Uh, right, they they really bring you to that like, you know, common people down down to earth, down home uh, reality a lot. And this takes you right there because uh, the mom is short on darks for her laundry load. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is funny and it is something that is universal and and. When you're dealing with a big family and all of that, like I'm sure it's annoying to do multiple loads of laundry so she'd want so to much laundry get it all done but um, I have to say, you know, I just watched this episode, and overall like it it does touch on all the notes and it does bring you that humor and all that situational stuff and uh there was something really special about this finale because we had really been on all these different adventures and all these rides with these characters. So um, they really did a great job of sort of building off of what they had created with these very real people. And uh, I found, I was really surprised by how kind of deep and touching sort of the ending of this season one finale was. So I just want to say that Mm, just coming off watching it and I have a lot of feelings it was very feelings. touching,
0: Steve, and yeah, you know it is a departure of sorts uh, from that mold of the self-contained caper within each right. episode. In that there there are some moments that evoke that. You know, I'm thinking especially of the whole school newspaper right. uh, subplot, but as a whole episode it's much more well-rounded and actually really puts this show firmly into the family or heartwarming ensemble comedy, not just this more episodic, uh, really silly, fun show. Uh, And I think we've talked about how they do pull on heartstrings here and there. They do have the, the Joe and Jerry relationship But man, does this episode just bring it all together. And uh, it's a departure in a way from that format or from that being the main plot mechanism, I guess, could be a more accurate way of putting it. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like they're doing anything drastic or uh, taking you out of the reality they've already set up. So it's done uh, a great job so far of painting a picture and this is almost just like filling in all over the picture without mm. focusing on one specific point. Steve, I just made up that metaphor.
1: That's a good job. Nice, and he, yeah, and absolutely, and they did a good job of really wrapping this up, of of drawing you back into these characters. And it's no wonder that this show has such a big following all over the world and why it was such a big hit on... On Netflix. It's just that personal connection, the identification, and you really feel like you know this family and that <laughs> you're also like an odd part of Aaron's group of friends. You know, right. like it's you you um and that's what I found really interesting about this finale was this feeling of there's this group of friends, these ki- you know, the feeling of being young and in school and with your group of friends. And the feeling of uh, family dealing with serious stuff, yeah, and just being young in a serious, intense world. And I think that's totally relevant now more than ever. And it just that, um, yeah. The final image of the kids dancing on stage, right? And the bomb scare, and the family kind of consoling themselves. Like I just I found that so touching in a weird way that it was just like these happy kids. And this heavy, heavy, real world that we all live in, and that's that's yeah. something that everyone experiences. Yeah, and
0: almost all of the lead characters, including the family, um, have real moments and real, in some instances, uh, actual, you know, resolve closure. Exposure, whatever it happens to be or form it takes, right? There's a lot. And, you know, I guess this is not unexpected for a season finale to tie up or tie in some of the, you know, looser strings or some ongoing stories. But we get a lot of really good plot lines and character plot points that happen in this in what still feels like a very fun, quick episode. Yeah. And I love the way that, as I was saying, it starts off with the laundry.
1: Yeah, now <laughs> we can get back, because it was a really fun episode, <laughs> no doubt. Not, It, it certainly uh, tugged on my heartstrings, but super yeah. funny.
0: Super funny, you know, starting with the laundry, which becomes yeah. throughout almost the whole episode that
1: trails, you know, through it. Yeah, they kind of give each episode a little thread that continues throughout. You know, the pilot was the journal, and then yeah. you could probably go, you know, we probably could have found one for each specific episode. But for this episode, it's definitely the laundry. It's really funny visually how it keeps coming back. And <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and also the um, another big moment um, in the beginning of this that I remembered um, was the music um, probably one of the most iconic <laughs> pop songs from the nineties, <laughs> ice ice baby. And it just made right. me think of how they've used you music, especially early in each one of these episodes in a really specific way.
0: Yeah. We really uh, noted and touched on that before. And yeah. so I also, you know, keyed on that and wondered what that meant, right? Like what is yeah the choice of that song early on? What, what did that uh, mean or not mean, right? Because maybe now right. they're just messing with us. Who knows? What do you mean? Yeah. That was a huge song in this time, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, that was very uh, prominent and fun. And uh, I love the way that this, like many of the episodes, tie a lot of the ongoing different plots and subplots and storylines all together. Right. Mm. So the laundry gets tied into picking up the photographs. Right. And uh, we've got, you know, the classic Jerry and Joe being dicks. Well, mostly, you know, Joe being a dick to Jerry. (laughs) He keeps calling him a prick early on (laughs) that prick. (laughs) That's just so funny. He won't back him up uh, as Jerry's trying to pick up the photos. I know. So we have a lot of hilarious moments early and And intertwining. photo guy, Kieran. Kieran was funny. Kieran, (laughs) uh, who, of course, then sees Sarah in the second attempt to pick up the photos and is in love because he's been looking at the photos, which they subtly touch on the creepy photo guy thing there. (laughs) Yeah. And then they gloss over it because Sarah actually, you know... For some reason, is into it and brings him
1: home with them. <laughs> yeah, another another aspect uh, of this that is period and and probably doesn't really exist anymore. That sort mm, of developing f- photos and right? well, a human being seeing all your intimate stuff. Now we just get them printed out at Costco or wherever, and it's a it's machine. All digital. Does it, and, it's, and we pick yeah. it up. We not barely <sharp> talk to anybody when we get them. Uh, but it used to be someone was thumbing through your deep, intimate moments and seeing yeah. everything before you saw them.
0: Well, and also, think about the lack of internet access and social media. So now we're also desensitized to that type of content, even if it's someone else's, where there it was such like this voyeuristic thing, which spawned great, great, literally great point. Great point. that movie. What was that movie, Robin Williams or some. Who is in that? Yeah, I think Robin uh, Williams was in it, maybe. Yeah, Some it was like a weird star. Like,
1: horror Robin Williams movie. Weird yeah, photo
0: guy, about. creepy photo guy.
1: Yeah, so that was a thing. One hour photo. Boom.
0: <laughs> that was a thing. That was a thing. And so they, yeah, are having these issues, picking up the photos. But fortunately, the second time when uh, Grandpa Joe goes back, he has Sarah with him, and the photo guy uh, is in love with her from the photos of the party. And so, uh,
1: madly in love,
0: madly in love. Um, so gives them the photos and comes home with them, which is <laughs> of course they just keep threading, you know, the, they're weaving this rich, rich tapestry and they keep yeah. threading more things in. So now the photo guy is just like at the dinner table for the next few scenes. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it's,
1: so here we are in the, in this, this season finale of season one. And, and, yeah, your your family is peak comedy peak form. The school also, I feel Oh wow. Like, it's just on another level of comedy. Yeah. Both the kids and then also um Sister Michael in this episode to me was just so funny. Oh, Never so funny. She
0: and she's like I think this episode the action pushes her a little more. Yeah. to where, you know, she's the boss and so generally she's kind of like commanding. And it's not that she's not uh, directing, commanding stuff in the same way in this, but she's a little more just kind of like letting herself be like going with the the current, uh, as the school paper incident really shows, uh, where she just kind of throws up her hands. Uh, okay, so but I'm yeah. gonna throw out, uh, am yeah. gonna throw
1: out an opening song theory uh-huh. at you. Okay, so I Ice like Ice it. Baby by Vanilla Ice. I, I'm. I'm thinking it foreshadows Aaron's role in the school paper that it's mm. like they were like the really cold, like she was like, No, the shows must go on. It's Ice Ice Baby. People don't like her because they think that she's too cold mm. and too mean and right. too bossy and like and she's just like, stop, collaborate and listen. You know, that kind of like Yeah. I'm a hardcore, you know, vanilla ice at yeah. rapper.
0: <laughs> yeah, and maybe even deeper, her initial reaction to Claire coming out to her.
1: Mm. Ice, cold. which is a phenomenal scene that we're obviously going to get to, but yeah, that um was really was really interesting because Karen sort of struggled with this control issue mm-hmm. where she can't like. And, and it was, that was a moment where she just was like, it was all kind of too much for her. Yeah. That, that information. And it was this, it was this notion of like, when she doesn't understand something or can't handle something, right. she kind of lashes out in a way. Yeah. And does a, does a, does an errand sort of thing.
0: Yeah powerful moments um there and yeah so maybe the the song is uh foreboding of of several levels um but erin is well she's definitely ice cold ice cold and she's cold declare yeah yeah and she's called out um you know with the whole school paper confrontation uh she's basically called out for that and it is true that if you look back on the first season, and you know we've talked about she can't get out of her own way, mm-hmm. uh, her, you know, her kind of hubris or her fatal flaw, ultimately she does, and being at the center of this little gang, it's not that surprising, but yeah, she does come off as uh as cold. And you can see how that is the impression her schoolmates have of her. Even though we know uh, you know, her motivations are, are different than they may appear and there's much more meets the eye to Aaron, but she does come across as somewhat of a, a cruel, mean, you know, ice queen.
1: Yeah. And to hearken back a bit to the pilot, you know, there's this thing with Aaron where she's searching for an, an identity, a sense of individuality a sense of not just like control in her life but success and a way to kind of separate herself mm. from everyone and I think the school yeah. paper was an interesting moment where the whole group decided okay this girl is sick that is the editor of the paper so we're just going to in solidarity with her suspend this ep- issue of the <laughs> of the uh, of the paper and and Aaron's like no I'll do it you know I'll do it and I think there's something about that that's been what she's been trying to do from the jump in this, which is like make her mark. Yeah, and, you know, and and she was excited to go home and tell the family that she's the editor of the school newspaper. It's like she's just sort of wants that approval, that thing that's going to make everyone respect her, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it always kind of blows up in her face because she's forcing it. Right, she's forcing it.
0: She's forcing it. She's forcing or faking the funk and she's <laughs> also in a lot of these episodes she's cutting off her nose despite her face is the end yep. result, right? Because she in, you know, the Ukrainian episode, mm-hmm. she as we touched on, she walks past David who's like trying to offer her a beer and hang, right? Yeah, yeah. Stay there. One minute, one you know she uh she gets too wrapped up and caught up in uh this, you know, tiny minute thing that she misses out on the bigger picture and what's actually right in front of her. And in the moment where Claire comes out, she does a little like piece of that where she gets hung up on uh that Claire <laughs> says she's not into her. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. (laughs) Yeah, and it was, and she's sort of in this place of being the like editor in chief mode, like she's sort of in that kind of like um boss, time is money sort of vibe. When Claire's coming out to her, so she doesn't lose that energy, and and it you know, you could tell it wasn't again, Aaron's like all about me, how does this relate to me? You're a lesbian, so obviously what does that mean for me? You know? And, uh,
0: right.
1: You know, and I think it was definitely a sense that she had, um, made a mistake. You know, there was a bit of, you know, self-reflection for, for Aaron after that. I feel mm-hmm. she was like, wow, I made yeah my friend feel bad and she's distancing herself from me. And yeah, um, all of that was all really funny. Cause they, <laughs> she's got, a shit hot team, right? She doesn't need any she doesn't need the paper cuz she's going to have a shit hot team. Um and they get the group and they're all um that's a really funny moment where it's just the friends and then they're running the school newspaper, right? So yeah. what are they doing? Like Claire's fumbling with the the copywriter and James is like on the computer and um, Michelle's looking bored to death, you know?
0: Um, that was just a funny oh, sequence, right?
1: And they decide that they're just going to steal people's yeah. stories, um, and they wind up inadvertently stealing Claire's um, secret lesbian essay and right. um, and publishing it, and and that brings us back to Sister Michael, who doesn't want it to be a controversial issue, and is going to. Is gonna, is gonna, is gonna pull the pull the issue and, yes. and James is like, well, that's censorship. She's like, well done, James. You're being censored. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happening. That
0: now go. <laughs> yeah, you're being censored. Yeah, I love it too that she, um, you know, because they're uh, reviewing their potential stories for the right. newspaper right prior ed Somehow, even in that uh, final shoes of, shoes moment of with Sister world. Michael, she's like, what happened to Shoes of the World? Like, <laughs> Sister <laughs> Michael's keyed in on their, you know, trending yeah. stories, and she was on board with one of them. She's like, what on happened board to Shoes with, of the World?
1: On board uh, with Shoes of the World. That's, <laughs> she was interested uh, in that.
0: Uh, yeah, just a great, great episode, as we said, yes. for Sister Michael to uh, continue to... Uh, just show her, uh, her comedic uh, just timing and, and just dry, dry yeah. sense of humor for she everything. Is
1: great and just keeps getting funnier in every sequence after this. Um, so instead of Shoes of the World, they go with Secret Life of a Lesbian and unbeknownst or against Sister Michael's wishes, they go ahead and publish the issue and hand it out in mass at the school yeah. the next day. Um, that was pretty funny. And what was really great, again, we're back to sister Michael was just this notion of like, Jenny having a big problem and then sort of demanding action by sister Michael demanding this like punitive act and saying like, you have to do something. And I thought that was so funny. And sister <laughs> Michael looks at Jenny and it's like, I don't have to do anything you say and it's almost like in that moment you realize she actually hates Jenny more than anyone in the whole school Uh, and it's like this whole thing of her of Jenny being so out in front and doing everything like at all the assemblies and all this stuff and it's just like Sister Michael's like oh my god like and you go all the way back to like Jenny reporting the bullying on the bus and like everything that's annoying for Sister Michael is really like because of Jenny (laughs) It's so uh, it's her little mini revenge there, and she just wants to like read the school nope. paper and not care.
0: No, nope. no care. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing moment that yeah, comes full circle from the pilot episode and also just really hammers home how from the jump, Sister Michael is not having it. Like she's just not into BS or She's not into the like smoothing over or sugar coating. Like she's just giving it to you straight. And the yeah, you know, my impression is people like that don't like the fucking do good or
1: blow hard brown noser. <laughs> no, no, they don't. <laughs> they definitely don't. Oh, so man. now we're actually now we've come full circle to this to the scene where Claire comes out to Aaron, and I'm curious, Eli, uh, for you having what watching this for the very first time. How did did this scene land for you with
0: this discovery
1: that it was Claire?
0: I thought it was very, uh, I guess, felt natural, right? Um, Mm. And so it was very well set up in some ways. Um, Not that it was like overtly set up. But it also... It seemed to take that very comedic atmosphere and environment and suddenly make it very real without making it too heavy. Yeah. So it sort of it came naturally uh in that it felt like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, but it wasn't expected either. Like I didn't see it yeah. coming. I wasn't like, oh, yeah. it's gonna be Claire, right? Um, uh, but in that moment. Because of course they play it out where Aaron's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like not listening to her the first (laughs)
1: like
0: two times Claire says it. In that moment, the second Claire opens her mouth, you know, right? And you're like, oh wow. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. It did a good definitely did a good job of of it being a surprise that it's Claire ultimately. Mm -hmm. When for me, like when it is revealed that Claire, you know, is a lesbian and wrote this essay, The Secret Life of a Lesbian. For me, like, it makes sense, and not in that she, that lesbians act a certain way or that I thought necessarily that Claire's a lesbian. But sure. when you think back to, like, how high-strung Claire was and and kind of, like, bottled up, like, it makes sense that she was dealing with something internally, mm. figuring something out that was heavier than right. everyone else. She yeah. had a kind of, like, weight that was, like, a heaviness to her. Mm. And I was like, wow, what's going on? Is it her family is... Right, you know, like, but then that. So this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and there seemed to even after the scene for Claire, and even that moment when she was revealing, like, something was lifting. Like she was, there was a process of an unburdening of her getting to come out to her friend, mm-hmm. and then probably, yeah, made it much more of a heartbreak that Erin had this sort of intense reaction that she did. But again, right. I think that has to do more with control and like an Aaron not understanding a how to process it and be like what it means, and when the reality is, it's like you need a, a moment to sort of realize like oh this actually doesn't change anything. This is your friend and totally your best friend, and you love them and you know what I mean. Yeah. But it's a lot to process for a, for a teenager.
0: Yeah, and you have to imagine for Claire this is her coming out, period, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we get the sense and impression that this is, like, she has never come out before ever, right? And so that burden of, yeah, holding something in, whether or not you're fully cognizant, you know, of it the whole time or not, but just holding in something that big has got to, yeah... Make someone very uh, on edge and crazy and, um, you know, the whole quick to tell kind of, quick to reveal and give up the secrets. Um, too much nervousness. She's already holding in a big secret. She can't hold other secrets, right? So that does kind of tie into uh, some of Claire's, you know, character traits. Earlier is just holding on to something uh, secretive. Holding in something and not sharing it. Yeah. And, you know, Erin is a teenager. They all are, of course, right? Erin is who Erin is. And um, she can't accept it in that moment. It's a bummer. Um, And I think you also, though, get the sense she will come around. And it's not like it's sad in that moment, but it's not harsh and you don't get the sense that Claire's, like bad things are in store or yeah. she's going to get it's, dark cuz
1: it's also kind of funny too right aaron's reaction yeah it was it was you know i can't get over your <laughs> being a lesbian you know like it was just yeah. like her her reaction was so aaron that um it was it was yeah. kind of funny it was funny and then you realize it was sort of like hit you after the scene you're like well that was
0: yeah a good well they, to that. they do set it up to some degree And Mm -hmm. not in the way of, like, that it's telegraphed that it's going to be Claire. But uh, Orla has the line earlier, I don't believe in lesbians. Um, Ah, So they do actually have some, like, you know, slightly comedic setup um, to make it a little more, like, uh, light and uh, flow so it doesn't hang heavy or anything. And I thought it was interesting... um, Couple things that happen right around this. And mm-hmm. one is that um, they're walking into this uh, assembly, right? So they're walking into the uh, auditorium, talent show, talent show mm-hmm. rather. Um, they're walking into the auditorium, and a bunch of things happen. So James, of course, is called gay a lot on this show. Yeah. Which is interesting, but very endemic of that time. Uh, so mm-hmm. very realistic. Um, and an interesting point happens where he's like, I'm not gay, even though, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And Michelle says, God, James, you're so homophobic. <laughs> or no, she says, uh, you know, <laughs> why are you such a homophobe? She calls him a homophobe, <laughs> which is just like, uh, poor James. Um, but it's interesting because it's then actually him and Claire sitting together. At the assembly, and it's Aaron and Michelle and Orla, right? Right.
1: So just well, Orla's in the show. So Orla's in the show, right? right. Aaron and Michelle, but yeah, I noticed that it was this. He was like, "Well, I'm going to go sit with her in solidarity." Yeah, because she's going through something heavy right now, and I think she was straight up ignoring Aaron. I think Aaron definitely was trying to realize that she had made a mistake and was trying to get back, but. Claire was just upset at her in that moment. So, so they go and sit down. This is my favorite line of this, of, of the finale was, is another Michelle line right after that. She goes, she goes, don't worry about James. James doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) So James is sitting with her. Don't worry about James. James doesn't count. Oh, just another dig here at James to just sort of round up the end of this first season and <laughs> what his sort of role has been. Uh,
0: yeah, but bit. of course he's there, sticking with Claire, and yeah. uh, and in many scenes, uh, James is like there and true, and uh, they just berate him anyway, you know. But uh, he's yeah, the dude, one James, actually. James can't. The right he thing. can't win. He can't win. <laughs> yeah, even if he does the right thing, which he often does. <laughs>
1: yeah and so um, so the talent show sister uh Michael is super funny in the talent show. She's just can't stand Jenny's routine can't can't stand the whole process. It's just like, oh man, um, so that's really funny. and then Orla gets up um to do her routine her we kind of didn't really touch on this, but or Orla has become an aerobics nut. And uh, slightly addicted, I would say, to aerobics.
0: Yeah, so she's got uh, a performance of Step Aerobics in the talent show. And, uh, and that brings us to the, to the final climax, really, uh, of this final episode. And uh, then we get this simultaneous uh, thing going at the very end, right, where we're seeing the family uh, at home. Yeah. So the
1: kid, the kids at the talent show begin laughing um, at Orla, kind of making fun of her. The two girls, we kind of come back to the the girls from the pilot, the young girl from the pilot and her older sister sort of bullies sitting in front of them, and and she calls Orla a dick, and uh, and it's this line I thought was really great where she's like, she's our dick. Then Claire gets up. Yeah. And a sort of healing moment for everyone's friendship, which is like, she's our dick. Yeah. And then they all get up and dance and and we're back to yeah, this super touching moment as we search for joy in these moments that are really stressful and intense in the world. And our life just keeps moving forward. It was just very poignant to me. All right. And that's Dairy Girls season <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh it does end um It does end on very touching, um, positive notes. So there we have it. Eli, what would you think? Final thoughts on Dairy
1: Girls, season one.
0: I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, I think if I had uh, watched it under other circumstances, I probably would have binged it in like two nights, you know? Right. And just been like, that was hilarious. Um, But yeah, it really does have a lot of uh, deeper themes and, heartwarming and heart-wrenching uh, moments but largely just uh, a lot of fun it's refreshing to you know see a comedy that tackles things like um, you know what was going on at the time and the world in Northern Ireland but in just like a very um, comedic uh, committed to the comedy format so I really enjoyed it Steve and Thank you for recommending Dairy Girls. You
1: you are welcome. I am so glad you did. Yeah, Dairy Girls, uh, available streaming on Netflix. Like Eli said, it's something that you could just zip right through. Six episode seasons. Uh, You probably watch one season in a weekend. Really fun. I hope they do do a third season. It'd be cool um, if and when that happens.
0: Yeah, so, wow. So what happens next?
1: Two shows down. (laughs) Uh, We have both done a show, so now we are Eli. You are back at the plate. Yeah, back up, ladies and gentlemen. That's
0: right. That's right. This time I have a show in mind. Of course, I have a few others in case you've seen this show. Yes. This one is digging deep, and despite the popularity of the lead. Okay, this is not a show that a lot of people have actually seen. So, Steve, are you ready to pick our next show to watch? Yes. Okay. Have you seen Lilyhammer? No. That's the name of a show, Lilyhammer. <laughs> so it's a play on the city
1: Lillehammer, right? Lillehammer, yeah. And uh, this is which with is in um, Norway. Stephen Van Zandt right, He's the lead of the show. Yeah, yeah. This was one of the first Netflix shows, but I didn't, I didn't ever... Right. I don't think I ever saw it.
0: So Lily Hammer stars Stevie Van Zant, little Stevie Van Zandt, uh, who, of course, was a major character on The Sopranos. And I fe- I feel like since then, uh, synonymous with... Acting wise with mobster characters, right? Right, and um, it is,
1: correct me if I'm wrong, but is this isn't this this archetype of that character? He, it's almost exactly the character he played in The Sopranos, but just in a very
0: similar, yeah, its own spin-off mm-hmm.
1: sort of world and series. And it's oh, really cool. fun,
0: yeah. So, not only is this also fun and comedic, but it touches on something else. Similar to Dairy Girls, which is it is not set in America, it is set in Europe. So get ready for the pilot of Lilyhammer streaming on
1: Netflix.
0: We're gonna talk about it next time.
1: Can't wait!
0: Thanks for joining us. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment. And let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts. And there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's Connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.